What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Osmo.com NFL Strategy Show First Look Edition for Week 15. Coming up, home stretch here. 11 games to hit on. Happy to be with you as always. I'm joined as always as well by Ben Ross at Jazz Raz DFS. Jordan Vanek at Jordan Vanek DFS. I'm Dave Locker. You can follow me at Laffy underscore D. What's up, Jordan? How are we feeling coming into week 15, man? Feeling feeling good. You know, no more bye weeks, which, you know, makes it the bigger slate. But we're going to have some fun games this weekend. We got some good matchups. And, man, this NFL year has been pretty tough <laughs> at the end of the season. We've had some strange outcomes and some wild, wild comebacks. Yeah, I mean, Ben, look, we had multiple overtime games. We had a guy that shouted you out with that parlay, that he, that 11-leg parlay where he turned $3 into 1600 And he had both te- – he had two teams when you have an 11-team parlay. What was it? Were they, money, were they money line parlays or was that a spread parlay? I think there was a lot of spreads in there. Like, as it was re- – I mean, when you're going 500 to 1 style. Uh... <laughs> but I think he had two games from overtime and, and ended up b- winning both of those. Yeah, just ridiculous one in a million style, but that was really cool to see. And the one thing, so there are no more buys, but the slate itself isn't impacted just yet because we get Saturday games, which Can't is kind of nice. Can't wait. You got a Saturday. You still got a Sunday night. You got a Monday night, right? You got a Thursday. So it's you got a Thursday. there's games all over the place. And I think we have, so this weekend is... You have next weekend, which is Christmas weekend, right? Christmas falls on a Saturday. You have one Christmas game. And I don't know if we have a third. I think, do we have one more Thursday? I'd have to look. But I think after that, the slates are going to get huge. That, that's a problem. I think week 17, you have no Thursday. It's all Sunday. And then I think a Sunday night and a Monday. But, um, yeah, we'll get that. I went to watch the Manning cast yesterday. Turn it on for ESPN2. And it was like professional chase tag where grown men were chasing each other around in a jungle gym. You didn't what? see that? No, I, I, I missed that. I knew yeah. that they, they weren't doing it. So I didn't even go to ESPN too, but I didn't know they weren't doing it. I mean, highly athletic, but very strange sport. <laughs> it reminded me, Ben, I know you know this because we did the daily sports show of quarantine where it was like professional uh, bags uh, cornhole tournaments and all of these sports that if you want to call them sports that you'd never heard of and they were it was like basically from dodgeball espn the other yeah, yeah. 24 hours a day yeah i remember watching marbles at one point on espn <laughs> it was really actually wait, is that real interesting. yeah no, no that's real it was oh, wild wait, the, and the like, marble the marble in the in the sand the yeah in the obstacle yeah. course it was yeah. really <laughs> wild i, I kind of missed that but and what else was there there was there was there was something else too that was that was Bizarre. Well, there was drone racing, which I was not a fan of. That made me, that gave me the heebie-jeebies. But the marbles was pretty legit. <laughs> Trevor Bauer wouldn't have liked that either. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got other hobbies, but you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, why? Why did we bring? I I missed the beginning of this conversation, Lovey. Why was there an obstacle course? Because okay, so I didn't know Manning Cast wasn't on. Like I don't pay attention to the oh, schedule. Okay. I just thought it would be, and it was. It was like USA men's chase tag 2021. You, you just pull up a YouTube clip of it or something. I'll have to show. I absolutely will. I'll do some research. I'll get back to you. Yeah, it, it's bizarre. Let me know what you think. It's ridiculous. But anyway, thanks for joining us as always, guys. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. You know the drill. Help us combat the YouTube overlords. Feed the algorithm here. Yes, I say that because it's true. Uh, you ever go on YouTube and you get fed a video from 10 years ago? And it's got like 20 million views and all of the comments are recent because it's just feeding it to people. Well, that's what we're trying to do. I'm not trying to hit 20 million, but you know, it's a, it's a thing around here. So if you haven't done so hit the thumbs up only takes a second. If you like this content and uh, subscribe to the channel close to 70 K we're making a strong push here. I think well before the end of the football season, we definitely make it. So thanks in advance for getting us to where we are. Let's dive into this one. Jordan, how'd your week 14 go? Went pretty well. I mean, some some guys had uh like Terry McLaurin was a was a rough pick for me because I loved him against Dallas. And Taylor Heineke probably played the worst football game I've ever seen that man play. But it it didn't do go too bad. Just some one or two players in each of my lineups that just busted because of uh 
un, uh, unfortunate circumstances. Uh, and yes, you are act, you are right, Sterling. We get two fo- football games on Christmas Day. So, okay, that'll open things up a bit. Ben, how'd it go for you? It was actually all right. Uh, you know, the betting side of things, I, I really like the Saints. They just kind of did their thing uh, against the Jets. DFS was middling, but, you know, there was some some good, some bad, nothing really with the serious sweat. Uh, and then even last night, it was kind of the same story. I, I needed Tony Michelle a little more ho- possibly to find the end zone, and he could not because they blew that face mask call. But the Rams winning was something we talked about a lot on the Awesome Odds channel yesterday. I was really happy to see them. Even after the news, I bet them before Ramsey and Higby, so I was not happy, but it still worked out. Tony, just stop testing. <laughs> just, just, just throw them out. It's going to get really rough not to go down that, but like, it, no, it, it seems is. inevitable that a lot of teams are going to have late scratches every week. Yeah. And I'm the guy who said they were going to play back in 2020. I was very, very confident about that. I have actually some concerns going into this one. Not even that there's going to be a lot of guys that are just, you know, falling deathly ill, but if you're getting this many tests come up hot like this, I'm not necessarily sure what the recourse is at this point, because it, I think, what was it yesterday? 35 players tested positive in the yeah. NFL. I mean, the bulls aren't playing tonight. Yeah. Like, or next game. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a little, a little rough right now, but hopefully we can uh, figure it out. I don't know. Hopefully it's Omicron seems tame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dead serious, man. I mean, for sure. Why not? It's still going to disrupt the leagues, of course, though. That's the problem. Sure. You just don't want anyone dying. You know? No, that would be very sad. bad. Yes. And hopefully, if it's going to spread through this like the plague, then uh, you get it. And then you got those natural antibodies. You go back to work and you're in business. Anyway, uh, great way to start the show. I, I had a fine main slate, but Showdown, Showdown bailed me out on Sunday night in a big way. So that was one of the wildest showdown slates, the Packers and Bears. Bears come out slinging Demir Bird, Jakeem Grant. I mean, you, you couldn't have made that up. And it ended up being, being a good one. And Devontae Adams, of course, coming through once again. I want to get into this slate, but I want to ask you guys one question before we do. Okay, so I tweeted this yesterday. It was a poll question, all right? I'll ask you first, Jordan. If, you dra- if your fantasy draft was today for next year, where are you drafting Cooper Cup? Early first, mid first, late first, or second round or later? Um, probably in that mid first. That's usually where I'm comfortable taking the number one receiver. I mean, I don't see how he won't be. If as long as their team stays full, the McVeigh and Stafford are running it back with them, even if they keep Odell, like I still have no problem taking Cooper Cup in the top eight. Okay, Ben, what about you? Yeah, if if it's a full point PPR. I'd say mid first, uh, you know, just a guy, the volume, it's unbelievable. And he, the way he operates, it's, it's like, it reminds me of almost like the Cole Beasley slot guys, but it's down the field. It's like absurd. It's like, they're all easy catches, but they're not seven yard catches. They're 20 yard catches. <laughs> and it's just like, well, that's just insane. Like when I see him open, it's like, oh, he just ran, you know, like a nice slant route, but it's not by the line of scrimmage. It's just unbelievable the way he can navigate. Eight percent of people said second or later. That's just idiotic at this point. Yeah. I mean, this guy has been so good, uh, and Stafford still has plenty left in the tank. Forty-seven point four percent said early first. Twenty-nine percent said mid first. I'm thinking mid first, but is there a receiver that you would take over it? It may be Devonte Adams. Aside from that, like I'm not drafting Tyreek Hill over him because. With Hill, he'll have those 50-point games, but you don't get rollover fantasy points to the next week. Like Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams are just consistent on a weekly basis, week in and week out. So if you wanted to argue like fifth and sixth for those guys, fourth and fifth, I don't even think I'd have a problem with it. I really don't. No argument here. Yeah, I mean, it just matters. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Rodgers and the Packers and some of the other quarterback situations. I think Diggs is still in that conversation. With really? the way Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo is just having a down year, but I still think Diggs is very easy, like very well going to get the targets and certain aspects of uh, that, like that offense. He'll just dominate. All I, right. Let's get into this. At the running back position. Just kidding, Ben. Oh, at, the I was, <laughs> at, at the quarterback position, uh, Ben, up top, you've got some, you've got some big names. Josh Allen against Carolina. It felt like he had a bad game last week, but he finished with 40 plus 
DraftKings points. That's the rushing upside cheat code, straight cheat code, touchdown on the ground, 100 plus rushing yards. These guys, man, when you can run, it makes all the difference in the world. Kyler Murray against Detroit. Those are the two guys up top that I think are going to have get the most attention. What do you think up there? Yeah, I mean, and it's just just for context, I believe Josh Allen has done that three times and every time the Bills have lost the game. So it just shows you now that you can pinpoint when he's going to do it, but it's funny how that works when it's more desperation. Uh, the thing that I noticed when I was at the quarterbacks is that a lot of them are sporting real Q tags, Q tags where we actually don't know who we are going to see. So certainly Kyler's just got a dream matchup, but it's still the Lions. In some ways, that's not a dream matchup because they should just destroy them. You've got Stafford at home against the Seahawks, and then you've got Allen with a real Q tag. Rodgers, I'm sure, is good. Lamar seems very tenuous, and then Jalen Hurts is back. So I'm not really sold on the top. This week I made it a priority to go up and get Lamar and those guys. Obviously, some of that didn't work. But here, I think we might see one or two of these guys actually not even play. It's funny, too, because, Jordan, with, with Rodgers, um, there was there was a, some report the other day that, you know, he had some type of setback with the injury and that it was more I, – I feel like he's just trolling at this point because his last two games he's gone nuclear. Oh, yeah. No, Rodgers – I mean, you watch him play. Yes, he's not as mobile. He doesn't make as many of those – out-of-pocket plays, but he's still throwing the ball at such a high level that it, I'm not really looking at this Q tag and being like, well, he's going to be less of a player. The Ravens are dismantled on the defensive side of the ball, and they are not changing the way they play. They will blitz the house. And I was looking at cover one numbers for, like, cornerbacks and stuff last year. Rodgers threw 30 touchdowns against a cover one or a cover zero last year. That basically accounted for all of his touchdowns. And Devontae Adams caught 14 of them of his 18 touchdowns last year against that coverage. So if I'm looking at the top, I'm personally just going to be gravitating towards Rodgers because I think Baltimore will keep it a little bit competitive or more competitive than the Lions. I'm just not sure, Kyler, like you're going to need those touchdowns and not get him vultured away from it by James Conner. I agree. If, if there's one guy I want up top, assuming he's good enough to go and we're not worried about that that injury. Rodgers should should decimate this. He, he should eat this Baltimore secondary alive. And even Baker Mayfield, they didn't need to throw a ton in that game, but Baker Mayfield had some really easy throws. A couple long deep balls to to uh, Peoples Jones. Jarvis had had a couple and, and got in the end zone. Hooper had a solid enough game. Yeah, the, with Rodgers and Devontae Adams, that connection, it's going to be very difficult to avoid. There's no doubt about it. Now, I think, too, Jordan, once you get down a little bit, though, there's no way we can ignore Matthew Stafford either, right? Mm -hmm. Shit, dude, Davis Mills against this – Davis Mills last game against Seattle. Yes, they ended up getting um, beat up pretty bad in the end, but that was competitive through two-plus quarters. He threw for 331 yards – completed 33 passes on the day. And that's David Mill or Davis Mills, a guy that nobody would expect to ever go uh, north of 300, let alone 150. So Stafford at home against Seattle, that offense is humming right now. I just based on rushing upside alone, I think 6,600 for Jalen hurts is more than reasonable. He hasn't been that cheap since, since week 10. This is actually a spot where I don't mind getting a couple guys and Stafford and hurts for me stand out but Stafford man 7k just feels like it's too cheap yeah I mean I also think that the uh, popularity of Stafford will be more than Rodgers because Stafford with cup is actually cheaper than Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers this week which hasn't been the case all year it's just going to be no with it's ownership. not huh no it's not isn't it yeah no, it's... yeah it is how, how? Devontae Stafford. Adams is 100 less than Cooper Cup, and Stafford's 500. Oh, I'm less. sorry. I thought I thought Stafford was 75. You're right. You're right. I, <laughs> I got the two quarterbacks <laughs> mixed up. But hold on. Wait. You're you're drawing a 100 dollar discount as a 400 dollars. Oh, four. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's a little. It's a little bit discounted. And I, yeah, Rogers, I thought it was. Yeah, I, I got it all backwards. Jordan, ignore me. You're good. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Definitely have a lot of interest in Stafford. Both of these teams, because like you get worried of like, oh, if it's game script with Taylor Huntley and just how bad Seattle's offense has been, both of these teams get there with their quarterbacks. I, I have no problem with either of them at the top, even though they don't possess the rushing upside. I 
see the efficiency in multiple touchdowns against these pass defenses. I love both of these. Even if you're just doing like skinny stacks, Ben, it's so tough not to like those. But I, I don't know. I mean, with Stafford, you can do a lot because Odell Beckham's not that expensive. Van Jefferson's not that pricey. Uh, what do you make of the mid range? Yeah, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. But when you go to Stafford, you you really fill out a lot of other spots because you know there's basically no chance that he can get there on his own. He has to throw for a ton of yards. So you're going to want probably multiple pass catchers where the majority of the guys towards the top, it's, yeah, they could throw the ball, but you know they could give you 75 yards rushing if they're okay. Stafford is not that. So I totally get that. But I, I think this week more than last week, you've got guys hovering around six and in the fives from like, you've got Burrow, Tannehill, Jimmy G and Tua, I think both stand out for me. Yeah. You're getting a real discount and, and they're in pretty good spots. No doubt. I, look, do I think Stafford is in a, a bit of a smash spot? I absolutely do. Same with Rogers. Uh, I think both of them will be popular. Jordan alluded to that as well, uh, at, at least with, with uh, Stafford, but I think both of them will be. Jimmy Garoppolo, Ben, if we were to drill down on this a little bit, I don't hate this because when you have guys like Debo and George Kittle, you know that you're going to see pretty concentrated work there as well. And, and I understand that last game, Debo Samuel was scarcely used. I mean, he had one target on the day, eight rushing attempts. And this is the weird thing. This guy, what is he, a running back now? He's got, he's got as many. Listen to this. Over his last three weeks, he has seven. And this is the last three weeks that he's played. Of course, he missed one. He has seven targets, right? He has 22 rushing attempts over those three weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, when we were talking about it before, I think a, a hot take could be that Debo belongs in that category with those guys. I, I know we were talking about Cup and obviously Adams yeah. and Dick. Well, that's Debo what I'm Samuel. saying, because you have Garoppolo to pair with him as well. Absolutely. Debo is a big-time player. He's unbelievable, and – he just has something that, you know, you don't really see because they they give him the ball on the ground as well. So uh, a matchup with Atlanta, I mean, pretty good spot. And Jimmy G, if you get volume, I do think that's a big if because at, at the heart, San Francisco still wants, you know, primarily, I think, to run the ball. But if you're going to give me 41 attempts like we saw last week, I know there was a lot of, you know, factors that went to overtime. Great spot for San Francisco's offense. Jordan, would you play Tyler Huntley if he ends up starting, just knowing that the guy actually – did you see that one run he had? Yeah. No, I, Tyler Huntley's from South Florida. He beat Lamar Jackson and won player of the year down here when he was in high oh, school. Okay. Yeah. But did, <laughs> no, you, <laughs> did you see that one run where he juked like seven defenders? Yeah. No, he he's, can run. he's an athletic. He's a superior athlete. He was, again, Broward County player of the year back, back in the day, but – I have interest in him, but I, I think the chief quarterback that I'm just going to get to, even though he's probably going to be popular, is going to be Tua. I, I think that he's been having a stretch right now where he's playing very well. Their defense is there. It's the Jets. They're going to have the ball a ton because Zach Wilson isn't exactly moving the chains. Tua with Waddle and Jacecki is just a three-man stack that's cheap enough that I feel like you can really pay off each of them and – have the positional value of tight end with a mid-range receiver. So let me ask you one thing here, just to push back a little bit on this, in the event that he's popular, right? Mm -hmm. The one concern I have with Tua is, will this team ever start to throw deep? You know, Tua's, Tua's played what? He's dropped back 126 times over the last four games. He has five deep attempts. He's attempting deep balls on 4% of his targets. So I, I, I love this matchup against the Jets. I mean, they're objectively bad. We've seen that. The only thing is there's so many different ways to beat them. I mean, you can beat them however you want. And my only issue is, do we get a game where it's like, okay, Tua ends up being the chalkiest, lower-priced quarterback, and he, you know, he's, he's, he's efficient. He throws another 27 for 32 for 220 yards and two touchdowns, which isn't awful, but you're getting like, like, I don't know where the ceiling is on Tua in a spot like this as a big home favorite. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that Jimmy G will pull a little bit of it. I mean, being 100 difference in the way he's played, if he becomes the most popular quarterback, I obviously, I will adapt to that. I'm not 
I'm interested to see where ownership lies, especially with some of these injuries. Like if Lamar Jackson's out, I think Taylor Huntley will become more popular than people kind of anticipate because rushing is just an, or Tyler Huntley is a cheat code in fantasy football. And like, you don't even have to stack the dude. You can just play him as a one-off because he will run the ball a ton for this offense. Yeah. Look, he, he wasn't actually, he did fumble twice and that's not good. Right. And in the two games where he's where he's started or played big, uh, big minutes, he's fumbled three times and lost two of them. But yeah, Ben, he didn't look that bad. Like if he starts, it doesn't mean I'm going to hate Mark Andrews. Oddly enough, it's just I'm not trying to to go mega stack with the Tyler Huntley in the event that he gets to start. But he is very cheap. That's all. That's all I'm throwing out there. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not looking, I think a lot of the ways he gets there and even we've seen this, he, he can run, he can really move. He's very athletic. I don't know what he gives you passing. It hasn't been terrible, but I still look at him more as someone who could get there on his own. It's going to depend, you know, again, I, I do want to say, I think a lot of value is going to open up more and more as the season goes on. So I don't know how often, like, I'll be honest, I looked at Trevor Lawrence just as like a crazy YOLO flat five. I just have a feeling when it all comes down, I won't need to do that. There'll be so much value that it'll just be wildly unnecessary. All right. Anything else at quarterback, Jordan? I think we covered a lot here. Kind of an interesting position this week. Yeah, definitely an interesting position. I would just like to point out that Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence are the same price, and I never thought I would say that this year. <laughs> What a world. <laughs> it's it's just yeah. Myers the worst. I hate him. <laughs> I can't, Let's I can't just never mention them again. If, yeah. <laughs> if you had to play for the rest of the season, one of Jared Goff or Trevor Lawrence, who would it be? Every lineup you have to play them. One of the two. I I guess Jared Goff. I don't like what's their schedule like. It's it, I think it would be Goff for me, honestly. <laughs> it'd be Lawrence for me. It's really? so sad. Yeah, my hope would be that Urban will get fired and then I'll have like two or three weeks with I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. He's just with the team that's non. I'm not a big Dan Campbell fan, but Urban is in a, a class of his own right now. He, they have no chance. What do you think his touchdown interception ratio is on the season? Who? Lawrence. Oh, it's high. <laughs> yeah, not good. I don't know. It's bad. one to three. <laughs> Well, just in terms of like actual touchdowns to interceptions, uh, maybe like nine to sixteen or something. Close, nine to fourteen. Okay, oh. coming in hot today, Ben. Man's thrown one touchdown since week eight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that's bad. <laughs> Four interceptions last week. Oh, it's it's just depressing. It's, it's a tough life. Tell you what isn't a tough life: playing daily fantasy at Yahoo. Because, well, they literally give free money back. Uh, I mean that. I mean, you're not going to find a lot of huge contests anymore with million-dollar prize pools where min cash is two times your money. It's like the old days, Ben. Remember on, on, on other sites? Other, remember on other sites where every single tournament, they at least paid out 20%. And not only did they pay out 20% of the field, but you would two extra money. You don't get that anymore. No, you don't. And, and obviously they, you you quickly see in the structure when you have that built in overlay, how amazing, like, you're just like, wow, this is like a really good min cash, a really nice top prize, a big portion of the field caches. Yeah. Because they're, you're getting massive overlay. It just makes a huge difference uh, in all things over there at Yahoo. Yeah. They've got $200,000 in guaranteed overlay for the million dollar baller this week. That's a negative 25% management fee. You may know it as rake, uh, paying out over 33% of the field on the Thursday night football, single game, hundred K baller. It's, it's crazy, man. I'm telling you that if you're not playing there and I'm not just saying this because, because they're sponsoring the show. It's, it's the proof is in the pudding. It's right there. If you haven't signed up yet, maybe that's not enough to, to entice you. If you haven't signed up yet, use the link or the one Mike's about to drop in chat. And when you do and deposit $10, that's all. You can deposit more, but $10 or more. Not only will they give you a $10 free credit after that, but you will get, after you deposit $10 or more and enter a paid contest, you'll get a free month of Awesome O Plus Platinum. $90 value, everything on the site, okay? Football, basketball, hockey, MMA, PGA, uh, any sports out there, esports, if they have contests, we have content for them. And we have all the tools you need for Yahoo as well. 
the ownership, the boom bust, the player projections, lineup builder, all of that stuff. We've got featured uh, Yahoo integrated into all of those tools. So, I mean, seriously, take advantage of it. It's a $90 value. All our tools are built by the number one ranked DFS player in the world who's won a lot of money with them, millions to be exact, and, and many others as well. So check it out. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Use that link. Deposit $10 or more. And when you do enter a paid contest after that, they'll hit us up. We'll email you, get you set up, $90 free month, Awesome Plus Platinum, and be sure to join the premium Discord as well. Great community, and you have the Office Hours channel where you got the pros from Awesome helping you answering questions, making your life easier, and making you a better DFS player. So, I mean, really, it's a, it's a no-brainer at this point. If you haven't signed up yet, sign up using the link uh, for a multitude of reasons. All right, running back position. Ben, talk to me about the top here. I will say, out of the gate, not enthusiastic about it, but again, the 6K range is sexy, and I think you're going to see a very common theme this week, which I'm okay with, mid-range running backs, maybe some slightly cheaper ones, high-priced wide receiver, at least one of them, like Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo, one of those guys, uh, and then maybe even some high-priced tight ends as well. But outside of Najee Harris against Tennessee, why is Ezekiel Elliott priced at 7300 I don't know. Uh, doesn't really matter because I you got out touched by Corey Clement last week. Yeah, no, he, he's just not. I give I'm not a Cowboys fan by any stretch. I actually give Zeke some credit. He is hurting. You can just tell. And he goes out there when they need him and he, he runs hard, but he has no upside because even when he breaks free, everyone just catches him. Uh, he, he's just not not doing it right now. Mixon kind of indifferent, but even him, you, you know, you look, you're going to get some volume. I don't think it's the best matchup. It's pretty clear. We can just get right to it. Obviously, coming off an island game, James Conner is going to be crazy popular. I don't think there's any way getting around that. Saquon did enough that I think people will go there. So you're, you're spot on. I think that people will almost start. And again, seeing Conner, what he did last night, the receptions, he was fantastic. He's going to be massively popular against the Lions. Even if Edmonds is back? So that would obviously change things. I still think he'll be very popular, but that's almost like the, you know, the Gibson McKissick situations we've been dealing with a little. Um, but, you know, against the Lions, yes, the, the pass catching upside has been fantastic, but we always like James Conner for the red zone dominance. And I don't know why that would go away against Detroit, even if Edmonds is back. Sure. It is crazy. Though. I mean, Connor was target. Connor was nine for nine for 94. Just catches just one handers. There's no problem. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though, Jordan, how people forget that just because you might be behind a good pass catcher, that you're not a co competent pass catcher in Pittsburgh. It's not like Connor was, you know, the second coming of, you know, name a great pass catching back a Darren Sproles, but he's never been a bad pass catcher. No, and he's also playing on a team that just like fits what he needs to do now. Like we're, we're watching Najee Harris struggle mightily with this Steelers offensive line and James Conner had it worse last year and it just wasn't able to get it done but now with the Cardinals Kyler Murray helps him like there's so much going for this guy I mean it's James Conner's been unbelievable I do think the role switches back to Edmonds I don't think it's going to be as big of a discrepancy as it was early on in the year but I still think Chase Edmonds is just the better player when receiving when getting targeted out of the backfield I think so too uh, Aaron Jones last, I mean, the other day he got there and he got there for me in some, some season long leagues and some dynasty leagues, but, uh, pretty concerning that he had five carries Jordan. Yeah. I mean, AJ Dillon isn't going away. And for the long stretch of the season, like he's been running the ball extremely well. He's averaged over 4.7 yards a carry in three of the last five games. And He's also taken receiving work a little bit. He didn't get any catches against Chicago, but he's shown the ability to catch passes. He does well in pass protection. Aaron Jones, I'm not really getting to against Baltimore, who ultimately just shut down Nick Chubb and the Browns running game. So, Ben, a couple names I want to throw out at you. DeAndre Swift, if he's active and not limited. Got him at 6,300. He's got the second highest target share on this team when he's healthy. Eli Mitchell, if he's back, has Atlanta. Antonio Gibson has Philly. What a disappointment he was last game. Miles Sanders versus Washington uh, coming off of the bye. That's an interesting spot to me only because it, it, it. Miles Sanders definitely came out of that one because he was injured. 
and now he's got two weeks to recover. He had 24 attempts for 120 yards and three targets. If you can tell me that Miles Sanders is going to be the clear lead bell cow back, barring injury, I don't think it's the craziest idea to look at somebody like that and think maybe you get some positive touchdown regression. So, uh, of course, I'm always going to bring him up because the Eagles want to run the ball at an insanely high clip. But I think there's a decent amount of guys that you can sprinkle in in this lower mid-range. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders, what do you, what can you do if you don't score? Like, he got there without scoring. It's just – it's got to flip at some point. So, I have no problem with that. It's just – Again, it's a laundry list of Q tags and unknown situations. So if we get clarification with someone like Swift against Arizona's run defense, Detroit, until they fall out of it, is going to want to run the ball. That's what they do. Uh, so I don't mind that. I, I can get on board, certainly, with Miles Sanders. Then, though, it, it gets <laughs> – I mean, again, I don't want to bring up the Jaguars. In theory, James Robinson would be in play, but I, I don't know how you trust what's going so on. So tough. So frustrating. You don't, there's just no rhyme or reason for what they do. They're awful. They're awful. But their personnel is not that bad. I don't think like I, I, they are an awful team, but I don't think it's because their players are awful. I really don't. No, I don't think they are, but I don't know how much it matters this late in the season. Well, not with that. Co- I just mean like they're like the jets. I don't know. You could give them to any coach and I'm not sure there's a ton they could do right now. To me, the Jacksonville should have a better offense than they do, and it's because they don't know what they're doing. Like James Robinson has been mismanaged the entire year. Yeah. So Chanel and everybody else pretty much. Yeah, fair point. Jordan, Jordan, uh, what happens if if David Johnson doesn't play and Rex Burkhead is still out? You looking at any Royce Freeman at 4,500 against the Jags? No, I mean, I think if I go like this type of low, I'm actually going to go to your guy, Dante Foreman, against the Steelers because I've never seen a Steelers run defense as bad as we saw on Thursday night because, yeah, no, Dalvin's a very good player. The man was running through holes that have wider than I've ever seen any running back get. It looked like Alabama playing an FCS school for Minnesota versus the Steelers, and I know that the it's a little muddy with who gets the carries, but Foreman's been the more productive back, uh, 19 for 109 against New England, 13 for 47, two catches and a touchdown. I don't mind going to him this week against the Steelers. Obviously, if he can become too popular, I'm out, but the Steelers' run defense is right now the worst in football. They're awful. So They're bad. terrible, man. Yeah, I hear you. And I actually think there might be some – decent some decent value i okay so the the thing with foreman that sucks is he got he led the team in carries he got in he was fine it wasn't the highest scoring a week like foreman wasn't killing you if if you had him he still got like 14 and a half trafficking points fell into the end zone ben what about Devonta freeman before you say anything before you scoff at this freeman is getting targeted a ton, which is crazy. Like, I bet if you went back, maybe someone could find this for me. I- I'm trying to think of the last Baltimore running back to get as many targets in a season as, as Freeman has in the last eight weeks. Hey, this guy's got this guy's got 30, 34, 36 targets on the season. And over the last five weeks, he's got five, eight, one, six, and four. Totally uncharacteristic to a Baltimore offense. But now look at this, 18 looks, 22, 17, 22, 14. Devontae Freeman is the clear lead back in Baltimore right now. I don't love this spot, but I do think it is at least worth pointing out that he's getting a lot of opportunities and surprisingly as a pass catcher as well. Just the fact that he's in the conversation, I think, speaks to that. Uh, My thing is that as even right now, we've got a pretty good list of value down here. There's some other names there's going to be a couple other guys that randomly pop up. And I think it's going to kill any interest I had in Freeman. I I would have to throw, I would find $400, $300 to get to miles Sanders. Basically anytime I would take the discount to Foreman basically every time. I know you guys already talked about this, but just to put context, the Steelers are allowing five yards per rush attempt. It's dead last in the league in the last three games. It's up to 5.5. That's, I mean, far and away the worst in the league. Jordan was right on it. It had nothing to Dalvin Cook. Any I could have run through some of those. I mean, he was 
in the clear and it was the entire game. So I don't know what they're doing. You're not going to garner a ton of, you know, in terms of percentage of the carries for Foreman, but if they rush the ball 40 times and he has 50% of those, that's 20 carries. And I think that's more than enough. You're not going to hear me argue against Dante Foreman. You know that already. News your guy, but yeah, look, he's not that bad. He's not that good either, but he's not that bad. And you're right. Pitts, both of you guys, Pittsburgh's defense, Dalvin cook coming back, just gassed and Foreman's not Dalvin cook, but that was embarrassing to see him run through tunnels. It was just, just three lane highways were spreading open. Jordan, anything else at running back here? Any cheap guys? If the Miami backs are still out with COVID, I don't mind going to Duke Johnson at 4k against the jets. I have no problem going there. As only if they're out and it's still just a complete salary save if I'm just going up to get Rodgers with Adams and even Cooper Cup into my lineup. That, that's the only reason I go up or go down to 4K Duke Johnson. What about Michael Carter on the other side, assuming he comes back and is the uh, clear starter? I do have interest in him. I just don't know how much – like Zach Wilson didn't target him like Mike White did, and Miami is one of those teams where they could get – they could – prevent them from scoring really early on and get a big lead that he's not as used as a running back. Ben, anything else at running back kind of deep at the bottom, at least for uh, like perspective options, speculative, I should say guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of guys that I think, you know, the narratives will, will come into focus as we get closer to Sunday with some of these, we got to see who's in and who's out, but you've got names. I, I mean, I, it's an annual ritual for me to play Duke Johnson. I, I don't think I've played him this year. So <laughs> has he this played this I, year? I know, but that doesn't stop me usually. Like I've played him <laughs> in some bad situations over the years. I, I just, yeah, I kind of like this though, because you you're freed up to really do a lot in terms of you can really jam at the top. You can go scars and scrubs. You can go very balanced with the mid, you know, tying it all together. Those mid six K guys. Really, I think the catalyst for your lineups this week is going to be running backs. You can play guys all the way from four to the top. I think we're just suckers for anyone that comes from the Browns. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> like Beckham, I'm still – every time Beckham has a solid game, I'm like, okay, there we go. That's what I thought. He's still got it. I thought he had a great game yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, he did. Yeah, he's, he's a fantastic player still. And, I mean, they're starting to understand how to utilize him where it's, you don't have to throw it to him 30 yards down the field every play. You can give him right. roll routes and different things and just let him get open. <laughs> he's also, like, one of the best – he's one of the best touchdown catchers that we've ever seen. I mean, he, his first few seasons, what did he, he – and he was catching a ton of touchdown and with Eli Manning. I mean, he's phenomenal when it comes to red zone and, and deep field, deep targets. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a deep ball. Jordan, are you in chat right now? A little bit, yeah. All right, pronounce Justin's last name. <laughs> Dupengeiser? It's got to be, right? Dupengeiser? I think it's Dupengeiser. I always <laughs> read it as doppelganger. He, Me too. Good friend of the show, a good PGA player. I, I always read it as doppelganger. It's an awesome last It's an awesome surname. Yeah, and I, I think uh, if you want that running back player that was getting targeted, it was either Duping Kenneth Geiser. Dixon or no. Kyle Juszczyk for the Ravens yeah. back in like 2017. Juszczyk. <laughs> yeah, used to used to be a Baltimore Raven. They would love to have him now. Yeah, sure would, but they got Devonta Freeman. <laughs> I think Devonta Freeman – look, if you could tell me that Freeman's going to be on the field a ton and he's going to get yeah. – and he's going to like see upwards of 20 opportunities and, and a third of them are going to be targets. Cause that's huge, man. A target's worth so much more than a carry. I'll take it, especially on a team that doesn't so he played. He's played 69 and 66% of snaps over the last two weeks. That's huge for a team that loves to split carries. So yeah, I, I don't love him. It's, it's like Foreman last week where I think if he's going to be completely unowned, then I think Freeman probably goes overlooked. If you're if he's coming in like three or four percent, and you're saying okay, he has twenty look upside, then I'll, I'll probably get to some of that. So, anyway, what are we going to wide receivers? Right, wide. No, yes. let's do the Hall of Fame segment real quick. I had to ask our boy Jordan Klein to cut some out of it. 
because there was just so much, which is a good thing because it means people are winning with the awesome avatar, but I can't spend 40 minutes on it. Anyway, it's time to induct some people into the awesome hall of fame. If you want to get involved, you want to get in on this, go to awesome.com slash avatar, download the avatar when you do. And if you finish top three in a field of 5,000 or more on Yahoo, DraftKings, FanDuel, doesn't matter. Five field of 5,000 or more, finish top three. Or even if you don't have the avatar, you won't get the free month. You need the free, you need the avatar and you need to finish top three in a field of 5,000 or more to get the free month of Awesome Plus Platinum, $90 value, as you know. Uh, but even if you just want to get that shout out, some Twitter love, and maybe uh, an honorary induction into the Hall of Fame, you can still tweet us at Awesome HOF. But tweet us your screenshots at Awesome HOF. If you want to get in on this action, get the free month, get inducted, get the shout outs. Let's kick it off with A.B., baby. Alex Brown, former defensive end for the Chicago Bears. You guys know him already. I don't have to say this. He joins Macajeski and me once a week, every week for the NFL Strategy Show Showdown. He'll be with us again on Thursday. Big shout out to my guys over at AwesomeMo.com for helping your boy have a pretty good night. He tags Awesome Hall of Fame. I mean, you got to love it, man. This guy's all in. Uh, $37.50 on $66 uh, dollar entry. Absolutely love to see that. Congrats, AB. We'll see you on Thursday. And then, look, Ben, this guy <laughs> sold soul to the devil. Jordan Lockhart punched the ticket <laughs> to the FFWC. It, it never ends for him. No, I mean, it's, it's good for us because the man super chats like no other, and we appreciate that. But the guy is just... I mean, what a run. Sometimes you get on a run like that. It's really incredible. Obviously, congratulations to him. Uh, another good person in the, in the live final will be rooting. We've seen Gene B. Kim. We've seen Peter Hanley. Mega heaters. Mega heater. Is this the biggest mega heater we've seen with the awesome avatar? Yeah. I mean, I just, it's, he almost won. The, the craziest thing is all these Hall of Fame shots. He almost won the Millie in between this after he was like, <laughs> oh, maybe I'll win the Millie this week. And then he was up there for a while. So really cool to say. And this was a single entry too. Uh, I'm assuming it was probably a small field, high stakes yeah. one, but, but still, it's still one. Entry. I play those. You don't see me on there. Yeah. I mean, it's not that easy. <laughs> trust me. Congrats again, man. Uh, where's that super chat? I'm just kidding. I, they don't, I'm a hundred percent joking about that, but we appreciate all your support anyway. Uh, Jason Stone, first place takedown. Don't know how to show my awesome avatar except this. You can see it on other devices, though. This must be a droid. This takedown qualifies me for a free month, right? Uh, yeah, 61, 67. Huge win. Congrats, man. That's awesome. Uh, I'm assuming that was more than 5,000 people. I would think so. Yeah. It's his first. Oh, 8,800. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 8,800. Yeah. 8, so, yes, sir. It does. Congrats, Jason. Seth Curtis, yo, yo, let's get it, boys. Three fire emojis, 10,500. Another huge win. Rocking the awesome avatar. And then Ms. Eunuch, 13,800. Chopping up that showdown slate on Sunday Night Football. So, again, some huge wins. Congrats to all of you guys. You want to get in on it, awesome.com slash avatar. Download it. Use it on your site of choice. Finish top three in a field of 5,000 or more and tweet us your screenshots at awesome H O F. All right, let's keep this one rolling wide receivers. Jordan, we already kind of touched on this, so I don't think we need to get super into the weeds for these top tier guys, but Cooper cup and Devonte Adams are unmistakably good this week. Oh yeah, no, they're definitely the two guys that I'll be looking to target. And even in non stacks with Rogers or Stafford, I'll be very much in play. Um, the top of the position is pretty loaded, and I actually like that they're the way that they're priced this weekend. Ben? Yeah, I mean, again, I think this goes back to what we were talking about with running backs. You're going to have a lot of opportunities if you want to pay up for wide receivers to do just that. You've got just absolute monsters, alphas in great spots, uh, all of them. So really, unlike the other top end, like I had no interest in the running backs. I would love to get you know, two of three of Cup, Adams, and Debo in any lineup. It would be great. I think it's going to be doable, too. It's really definitely think. going to be doable. But, like, doable in terms of not hating your lineups, you know? I mean, yeah. well, I wouldn't know about that. I, I'm never a before fan of Before lock. Mind. Sorry, before lock. <laughs> okay, before lock. <laughs> sure. Looking at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying by 130. Um, I tell you what, though, Ben, I'm not – 
in love with a lot of the mid range. It doesn't, it's not to say that there aren't some good ones. I mean, Deontay Johnson, 7,500. That price, I think, is fine, but are we? Are, is that going to be a kind of a no man's land where you'd rather just get to Adams or Cup? I'm assuming your answer to that would probably be yes. Digs against Carolina is fine, but again, I just don't have him close to the same ballpark at this point as Cup and Adams. C.D. Lamb against New York, it's kind of another one of those spots. Chase against Denver, all of these guys, and and Hopkins right now. I just I think their low passing volume in a spot like this could kill him. Jalen Waddle at 6,600. That's nice. You know, maybe you get your nine for 90 and he falls into the end zone. I, tell me where I'm wrong here that I don't love any of these mid-range guys this week. No, I don't I don't think you're wrong, but I, I also think that it's pretty obvious that that's the case. And you're going to see most people really try to go get those guys and then sure. save. Some of these guys, their floors are very impacted, but they're like Jamar Chase. I don't care who he's playing. He can go for 40 any single week. And if you're telling me he's going to be very low owned, and I would expect that to be the case with Cincinnati not coming up in in a prevalent stack, I'm always going to have some interest as one-offs. I mean, we've seen that. We saw Lockett do it finally last week. Uh, It's just risk-reward. I'm not going to pepper this range because I don't love it. I think Waddle is really safe. The rest of them are tournament plays at best. But you can't, to me, discount a ton of them just because of that because they're such good players still. Jordan, where do you go in the mid-range? Is Waddle your guy this week? Waddle's my guy, and then Jamar Chase against the Broncos. Um, the Broncos run a cover one at one of the highest rates in the NFL. And up until last week, I don't have the data for this upcoming weekend, but Jamar Chase had like 57% of Joe Burrow's touchdowns on against the cover one. And when you give him that coverage, he just dominates you. Um, you saw it against the Ravens. Ravens run a similar type of defense or similar coverage scheme as the Broncos. So you saw him pop there. He'll get one-on-one matchups with Pat Sertain, and he did it to him in college. He can do it to him in the NFL. Okay. Value guys, Jordan, below, let's say, 6K. I'm looking at – I have no problem with Brandon Cooks at all, to be honest with you. And Davis Mills is a and, – and I say that like he won't be relatively popular. He will. But mm-hmm. Davis Mills, when, tar- when starting this season, is targeting Cooks at well over a 30% clip. Another double-digit target game last time out. That's huge. I think OBJ is fine at a low 5K price. Uh, and then Amonra St. Brown is, is 5,200. It's not a good offense, so that, that's a little bit concerning. But he has seen 12 targets in back-to-back weeks, weeks, which I think is at least worth pointing out. What do you like here in the lower range of, of wide receivers? Odell and Van Jefferson are both fine plays to me. Seattle is one of the worst teams against uh receivers but on top of it Stafford we love him I think you can get like I, I don't mind Julio Jones um he's basically the, the the guy there uh but again it's we saw Van or Justin Jefferson have a ton of opportunity against the Steelers Steelers are at a point where I'm just not looking at them as the same defense I think a lot of this range is just going to be the if I go complete onslaught stack with you know you're going Stafford Cooper Cup with Odell or maybe even Kyler with getting Kirk and D hop type of thing. This 5k range is a very, like I like the 5k range for running backs a lot better than I do for receiver. I don't think that's even a debate at all. I'm I'm with you. I I do like cooks a lot. I do like Beckham quite a bit. Aside from that though, Ben, I think it falls off considerably. Do you see anything here that might stand out as a good low owned option that no one's going to? I mean, I think someone like Chase Claypool, who's just run really bad with touchdowns so far this year, if he's going to be busy, I I think they could be trailing. I don't mind him. And then it's mostly just attached, you know, to my stacks. You guys mentioned a couple. I'll throw out MVS, who, you know, Jordan brought up kind of how Baltimore operates. MVS, it only takes a few. He should have chances on the outside. Easy pairing if you want to get one more besides Devontae Adams in there. Sure. I just feel like I wish they didn't price MVS up. Why is he a thousand dollars more expensive than he was last week? So I, I don't like that either. But the one thing about MVS that's nice is it doesn't really matter in the sense that if he gets you eight, six, four, you're going to be in trouble. If he hits, he gets you like 25 or 30 and you're going to get there at 4,900 or 3,900. So it's kind of that type of player. It's super boom bust regardless. Solid pick says, I love hearing Tout's butcher through saying Amon Ross St. Brown. 
I know it's both ways, but I guarantee you turn on different broadcasts and you hear it differently. So you want to call him Amonra because I'm assuming that's the correct the pronunciation that you would say is accurate. Um, I just call him St. Brown. What? St. Brown. I know that part, <laughs> that, right? Might, that might be it. Yeah. Amonra, Amonra, either one, man. Amonra, Equinemius, whatever. Both St. Brown to me. It's easier yeah. that way. Both St. Brown. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I think the below 5K gets even grosser. Like AJ Green, Jordan, coming off a big game, that's great. But again, what is the workload going to look like in a game where Murray and can run and they can just feed the, the pass catchers? Cole Beasley's coming off a big game. I feel like so – and granted, these guys are cheap for a reason, but so many of them are, are like one target or ten target guys. Cole Beasley has been either completely ignored or he just leads the team in targets. So – there's a lot of these strange plays down here in, in, in these ranges that I, mean, I might just go to some cheaper running backs instead. Yeah, it definitely looks like I'll be going to the cheaper running backs as well. I think it'll be, I mean, we got to note that without Terry McLaurin opens up the door for some of these really cheap Washington pass catchers. Humphreys was the guy last week. He had seven targets, but Sims was the one who made the big play and got a touchdown. I think they're perfectly capable one-offs at their price, but yeah, this this range is unless some value opens up, maybe you go Laquan Treadwell, who, you know, has had 60 yards receiving in back to back games for probably the first time in his career and seems to be the now clear cut number two, number one option for Jacksonville at 30. I think he's 3,500, 3,300. So it's real ugly. <laughs> ben, anything down here? I don't think that low. I think that. You know, someone like, uh, you know, Devontae Parker, if you don't want to play Waddle and you want some exposure to Miami, no problem with that. Anyone against the Jets is good in my book. Uh, I mean, again, I'll say the same thing I say every position. In theory, LaVisca Chenault should be in play, should have opportunities, but it's hard to trust an offense that's operating at this, this bad of a level right now. It's ugly. He's getting opportunities. It's just doing nothing with them and they don't go for much yardage. It's tough. No, no, it's very low a dot. Chad just brought up Gabe Davis. I think that's a, a fine call. If, sure. if Sanders sits, makes a ton of sense. Sub four. Yeah. That's actually a very, that's solid. Yeah. Gabe Davis is someone that as a rookie scored seven touchdowns. He does get some targets in the red zone. He scored in back-to-back weeks. Now would have scored twice in that crazy win game. Uh, just up the seam, they went to go to do the same play that he scored on earlier. Couldn't get there, but yeah, a lot of opportunities. Anyway, let's close it out with tight ends. We'll do one defense under 3K. It's ugly down there, fellas, if you haven't looked yet. And if you want to get some free content today at Awesomeo, maybe you haven't signed up yet, all good. Use the, uh, sorry, go to, you don't have to have a subscription or anything like that. If you want to get our ownership rankings for free, NHL Top Stacks is free today. Both of those tools totally free over at awesomeo.com. Emacs Building Blocks article is a great one for NBA, and that's always free as well. And if you're just saying, you know, you want to dip your toes in, you want to see what it's all about, use the promo code NFL First Look. All one word, all caps, NFL First Look gets you 25% off your first week of Awesomeo Plus Platinum. Again, all those tools created by Awesomeo himself. Every sport, every single tool out there, you want to get the Fantasy Cruncher add-on, you can do that as well. And I'll do you one better. If you're saying, you know what, I just want to do NFL, take advantage of the Express Pass because you got a ton of tools for the main slate, but it's, what is it, like $3.95 a week, $4.95 a week. It's it's definitely less than $5, but it also includes all of the tiers uh, tools, but most importantly, every tool that we have for showdown, the top, the single game showdown top plays tool, which is huge. Uh, you can check that out if you haven't seen it before. It's insanely helpful. Uh, you have the ownership projections that are also free for showdown, the ownership projections, you name it. All of that is free. And you're going to have, and so for the week, you're going to have a lot of showdown slates coming up in the near future. Take advantage of that. If you want, get in on that window where you've got, like, let's say you sign up on Thursday. I wouldn't even do it today. I would wait till Thursday to sign up for the express pass. Cause you get the Thursday showdown. You'll get both Saturday showdowns. You get the Sunday showdown. You get the Monday showdown but it's worth a whole lot more than $5. So uh, you can go to awesome.com slash join for that as well. All right, fellas, let's wrap it up. I'll throw you my tight ends real quick. And then uh, we'll go around the horn here. Cause you don't usually spend a lot of time. Kittle against Atlanta. Love him. 
Mark Andrews, I don't really care who starts. He's going to get peppered. I like him as well. I don't love the mid-range. If you want to get to like a, a Friar Muth or an Ertz or a Goddard or a Knox, that's fine. But I might have some Brevin Jordan and some Josiah DeGuara down there in some lineups where I just stack everything else up. Jordan, what are you doing at tight end? Tight end, uh, you mentioned the top guys are phenomenal plays. Um, again, Ricky Seals-Jones, 3,400 against Philly. Giving up a ton of work to tight ends. Other than that, it's pretty ugly down here. Um, I know Ben will probably bring up his boy Evan Ingram for, awesome. for the 3,100 type price tag. But other than that, I don't think I'm really going too low at tight end this week. Ben? You had to like that catch. One catch for eight yards, but it was a damn good catch <laughs> by Ingram last week. Was it actually thing, a nice catch? I don't I, oh, I don't okay. I, thought you, I wasn't sure if you were serious about <laughs> The nice thing about tight end is you have options that are going to complement any lineup. If you have the money, I mean, George Kittle, Andrews, these guys are, are premier options. You mentioned Lafayette, the, the Brevin Jordans of the world. I don't think that's crazy at all as a punt play. For a Houston team that's just looking for pieces for the future, like that's the type of guy that could get on the field. And then the mid range is probably where I actually want to fall. Kasiki, Fryer, Muth, uh, maybe weird attachments to stacks if you want to get that. Like Arizona, I think if you're if you're going there, you could go to Ertz as a very different type of combination. Not my my top thing, but that's the nice part. I'm pretty comfortable in every range. I think there's reasonable plays at every price point. Where do you think you will end up at the top? How often do you think it's so early, right? Yeah. How often do you think you end up at the top range? They're great, great tight ends, but yes, they are expensive too. I'd say not super likely. I'm as, I mean, I don't know how you're not a fan of George Kittle at this point. The guy is just unbelievable. Love the way he plays. I just worry that Atlanta isn't going to give him the right game script. Nine point underdogs right now. And I just, Kittle needs real volume at 75 to get there. Very fair point. That's true. And they want to run the football if they can. Yeah. yeah that's true. All right. Uh, I went first last week. Jordan went last. Jordan, you go first. I'll go last this week. A defense under 3K that we're looking at. I'm going to go with uh, my Carolina Panthers at 2,400. I think we're the most talented defense under this range. It's real ugly under 3K this week. Josh Allen's banged up. I could see him not running the ball as much, which hope will give us the opportunity to make some plays on the defensive side of the ball. That's where I'll go for sub 3K. What do you got for me, Ben? I'm certainly on board with that. I'm going <laughs> to... I got to make it. I just let's just go all the way. I'm going to say the Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> they've done nothing, but they're playing Houston. Why not? Defensively, in theory, I don't think they've been playing that poorly. I mean, people, it wasn't that long ago they beat uh, the Bills without scoring a touchdown in a game. They've got talent on that side of the ball. I think they could cause some problems. Jordan, who did you go with? The Carolina Panthers. Okay. The two teams I had written down were the Jags and the, the Texans in the same game. <laughs> Look, <laughs> It's ugly for sure, but this is bad in in the battle of the bad, right? You could see two teams score a lot of points because the defenses are bad, or you could see neither team score many points. Do you know what the total in this game is? I'm seeing it right now. It's 41, 30. It's down to 39. Oh my God. Yeah. We're at 39 (laughs) right now. So that should tell you all you need to know about this one. And I would say, uh, yeah. I think you could go to either side of that, and it's not the craziest notion in the world. And we had a super chat. Why don't you close us out with that? Yeah. Sorry. Hit that thumbs up. Get us to 100. We got almost 250 people watching. Get us to 100. It would be so appreciated. Go ahead. Yeah, we had, we had Ray dropping a really generous super chat saying, thanks for all you guys do. It was two plays away, a Google field goal and an Allen rushing TD from winning the Yahoo ball. See, Yahoo. Yahoo baller and said OT happened. Know how that goes. These shows have me in the game every week. Thanks. Much appreciated, man. That's always our goal, just to get get that sweat. Uh, glad you're taking advantage of everything that Yahoo is doing over there. And uh, OT hurts, not going to lie. But if you're in business, you get a chance. That's all you really can ask for. So congrats to that. For sure. That hurt me the most. The worst is when you have OT and you're stoked about it. And then the guy that you have gets no work and you just fall very far out of wherever you were. But it's football. It's crazy like that. Basket Basketball overtime is even worse if you're fading over time. It's just, I saw your face there. Oh, basket, basketball is horrendous because you know they're getting stacked. Like football, you could be like, if you're fading someone, okay, maybe he just like won't, they won't get the ball. He won't get a catch. 
five minutes in basketball, they're getting a rebound. They're getting a, something's happening. Right. Cause every missed shot is still a re not every, but it's still a rebound, you know, every made yeah. shot or not every, but most of them are assists and most turnovers turn into a steal and it, yeah, it, it gets real ugly real quick. But anyway, you guys are the greatest. Appreciate you hanging out with us as always to kick the week off in a good way. Follow Jordan at Jordan Bannock DFS, B-A-N-E-K for those of you podcast listeners. Ben at Jazzraz DFS, double Z, single Z. Me at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And shout out to Mike Lawrence for producing the show. We'll be back with you tomorrow. First look at ownership and top stacks on the strategy show. This is presented by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Peace.